We're back with our second podcast with Maria de Lancaster Valente from SRS Legal in Portugal. And today we're speaking about the end of employment. Okay, so I'll kick off, Maria. Um, what protections against dismissal do employees enjoy that employers need to be aware of? What should employers be thinking about when it comes to dismissal? So I think the main issue surrounds termination of employment. Portuguese employment law is governed by a constitutional principle that establishes that an employer cannot terminate employment unilaterally without just cause. Um, and just cause, and it goes on to explain um, and to translate this into um, uh, what it means by just cause and, and to the procedures that have to be followed in order for a just cause to operate and for dismissal to operate as a consequence of just cause. So uh, um, termination is regulated. Um, it's regulated by a mandatory regime that cannot be discarded by employer or employee, albeit by agreement. So regardless of what the parties wish to establish or to stipulate, they cannot do so, even though they're in agreement that they want to waive the termination um, rules and the termination regime. So I think that's the first main um, um, issue uh, regarding dismissal. Dismissal, this idea of this concept of just cause then translates into um, what we call objective just cause, so economic-based just cause. So um, uh, termination of employment or dismissal that results from economic reasons, and these economic reasons are, are listed in, in, in the Labour Code, so we're talking about market structural and technological reasons that relate to the company. Um, and then we have subjective just cause um, that basically is a disciplinary um, dismissal. Um, again, in both cases, um, there are specific procedures um, with specific tr thresholds. So the parties aren't free, or the employer in this case is not free to choose the termination regime, um, for instance, regarding economic-based just cause, um, either a collective dismissal or individual termination will be triggered depending on the number of employees, depending on why um, the termination is being triggered um, from, a, from a company perspective, etc. And then the procedure has to be followed. If the procedure is not followed in accordance with the law, um, it will constitute um, um, unlawful dismissal. So, um, and the same for disciplinary dismissal. So disciplinary dismissal is a sanction it's the most serious of a list of sanctions that are established again um, by law. Um, and the employer is not free um, to create uh, its own um, um, dismissal regime. It will have to follow the procedure that, it's, that is established in the Labour Code. Um, I think one, another relevant point is to say that poor performance in itself does not constitute just cause for dismissal. And that's an important point, especially for um, jurisdictions where there is um, more flexibility surrounding termination. So the idea of uh, termination with notice um, or um, um, you know, su summary dismissals or however you want to call it. These are concepts that, um, that do not exist 
and the Portuguese um, employment law. So anything related to dismissal and termination has to be navigated um, with caution um, because procedures have to be followed, um, concepts have to be filled in <laughs> with factual um, information, um, um, business cases have to be built to support um, um, uh, certain decisions, and notice periods where they are applicable also have to be um, followed. That's very interesting and, and um, clearly quite a, quite a number of points of difference with with the UK. Uh, just following up on one point, uh, in the UK, uh, employees with over two years service have protection against unfair dismissal. So there are limited circumstances in which a termination can be made and there has to be a fair process. And obviously we've already heard um, that, that that's a very different exercise um, in Portugal. But in the UK, one of the distinctions relates to compensation. Compensation is broadly capped at a year's salary or around £90,000. But because of that cap in the UK, employees often bring claims for discrimination to maximise their potential compensation. Do, do you have the same issue around discrimination claims in Portugal or is it, or is it different for you? It, it's different. And I think the main reason being because um, in Portugal, you do not have to maximize potential um, um, compensation because you know because there aren't any caps <laughs> basically um, so um, um, the way the way uh, an employee will react to an unlawful dismissal will vary depending on 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 the source of that um, dismissal but but if the dismissal is ruled and as as an unlawful dismissal um, the court will um, first of all, the employee has the right to being reinstated, um, or they can opt for compensation in lieu of reinstatement. Um, that compensation um, is set between 15 and 45 days base remuneration, um, uh, plus what we call seniority subject, uh, uh, subsidies um, per each complete year of, of service, and, and a fraction of services is, is, is prorated. Uh, and then the employee will also be entitled to the salaries he or she stopped receiving since uh, the dismissal date until the court ruling. And this, and when we say to the, to, to, to the, the court ruling, we're saying up to ultimately if they appeal to a final court ruling. So it's quite, it can be quite a long um, and quite an expensive um, um, uh, route um, uh, for, for the employer. Um, in addition to that, an employee can also claim damages, and there aren't any caps um, um, to the amount um, of damages uh, an employee can claim. So we, uh, the concept we have is uh, moral or pecuniary damages. Uh, so if they feel that they have been discriminated against, um, they will use that um, uh, the, the the concept of damages to perhaps enhance. Um, um, their compensation, but we do not see. I, I I can't identify a trend. Although I can identify and and the the, the concept of discrimination and um, particularly harassment um, um, has gained relevance within the um, the Portuguese context. Um, I cannot identify uh, a, a trend that strongly 
um, you know, supports the the statement that an employee will necessarily um, bring a, dis a discrimination claim to maximise their potential um, compensation. They may do that, but they would ne would not necessarily have to do that in the first instance um, to um, to receive compensation. Um, uh, um, so, um, yeah, uh, yeah that, that's really helpful. And I think that we've and obviously we've been asking similar questions in our other podcast and that seems to be the case with other jurisdictions we seem to be a slight outlier on that that our discrimination um discrimination claims are much more popular here because of the absence of the cap yeah. um you, you mentioned earlier obviously the subjective um just cause mm -hmm. and um termination for that can are there circumstances in which an employer can terminate almost immediately for cause so in the uk we have the concept of summary dismissal for gross misconduct mm -hmm. Do you have a have a similar thing no, we don't. Um, and so I was going to say the only the only other way um, you 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 can terminate um, immediately will be um, so I'm talking about permanent employment um, contracts. I can then very quickly um, explain about the, the term contract. But uh, you you can only necessarily terminate um, 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 for cause. Um, if you want to terminate for, for, for gross misconduct, that from a, from a Portuguese employment law perspective will be construed as a disciplinary breach. Um, and in order to carry out that, that uh, dismissal decision, you have to follow a procedure that involves um, um, formally, so drafting and writing formal accusation, the employee has a right to respond, there are timings, um, there's an evidence stage, um, um, and then the company can t take its decision regardless of whether the employee agrees, obviously, but it's not immediate and it will necessarily not be immediate. So that's, I think, one thing that's very important to, to underline is that when addressing a potential termination issue, there has to be some time to prepare and and obviously i'm conscious that from a business perspective that isn't always the the answer that um that you know that the, the companies want <laughs> to hear but because the consequence can be an unlawful dismissal claim um uh, certainly assessing options and weighing risk um should be taken into account before any decision is 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 taken and communicated to um to an employee uh, the only other way obviously in which you can terminate um, and immediately uh, will be obviously by agreement um in that case you can um um, um terminate um with immediate effects um typically that will involve paying compensation and it will involve paying compensation that's higher than the statutory minimum that an employee would would receive under a unilateral, so under a under an economic based um, uh, termination scenario. So that's something that also has to be factored in. Um, a, a company will, when they're approaching termination, will also will always necessarily have to weigh in um, time, cost, and risk. So it's within these three variables. If they have more time. Um, perhaps they needn't have to spend so much money um, and um, they'll probably have uh, more time to consider the risks of pursuing a, a specific route for termination. If they have less time, um, then in that case, they may have to consider paying more um, and, and 
risk may be lower because by obtaining consent, they will um, be able to waive any any uh, potential um, disputes or, or claims. So it's within these three variables that that um, typically an employer will have to navigate uh, when approaching um, dismissal. That's great. That's really helpful. Thank you. And. And again, you briefly mentioned this earlier about notice. And so in the UK, separate to the unfair dismissal protection, um, an employer needs to comply with the contract of employment in, when terminating an individual's um, employment. And this usually requires notice to be given, as I think you mentioned that you have the similar concept in Portugal. Mm -hmm. But often the contracts will give an employer the right to place an employee on garden leave or to pay in lieu of that notice. Mm -hmm. Is that something you, um, do you have that concept, those concepts in Portugal? We don't have a concept of garden leave as such. And in relation to the notice periods, um, there is no uh, freedom um, to stipulate them um, contractually um, in line with, with this principle that um, uh, there's, a, there's a mandatory regime that governs termination that has to be followed. So notice periods will exist when the employer is terminating a contract unilaterally um, based on economic reasons um, that can then um, trigger either a collective dis dismissal or an individual um, redundancy. Um, and those notice periods depend on uh, the employee's length of service. Um, so they range between 15 days and 75 days, depending on how long uh, the employee has been with uh, their employer. Um, what in some and, and disciplinary dismissal, um, we don't have the concept of notice, but so, so the, the employer, once the procedure has been followed, can dismiss, um, uh, once the decision of dismissal has been communicated, termination takes effect um, immediately. Where um, in, in, in relation to garden leave, um, where those notice periods exist, we have a similar concept. Um, so the concept that we have is one where you, a company or an employer can temporarily release the employee from his or her obligation um, to, uh, um, to work. Um, and, and in that case, that should ideally be agreed upon. Um, and I say ideally because um, under employment, Portuguese employment law, the employee has the right to actual work so the right so the employer has a duty to ensure that the employee actually works um, and so the employer cannot um, uh, place the employee uh, or tell the employee to go home even if even if the employer pays remuneration um, without justification what will happen in, in most cases in practice is under um, um, so economic based um, termination scenarios, if the employee, um, if there's no point in having the employee carrying on um, to perform their duties, if it doesn't make sense, um, if, if their duties are in, under, under a phase out, etc., the parties can agree um, or the employer can, can place the, the, the employee on, on this temporary release from the performance of their duties and pay out uh, the remuneration. Um, so, so that's the way it's it's sort of built uh, from a from a legal perspective. Uh, it is possible within certain boundaries. Fantastic. Um, I wanted to just follow on from that to just ask a very specific question about whether there are any groups of employees who have special protection in Portugal against dismissal. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, we do. Um, so we have um, so um, employees who are on um, who are subject to parental um, uh, rights at the time of their dismissal. In some instances, um, the employer will be required to notify um, the um, commission um, for, for equality at, at work uh, that will make sure that the um, process or that the dismissal um, is not attributable to discriminatory um, uh, reasons. So in some, for certain groups, yes, for certain categories also of employee representatives. Um, so in employee representation structures, um, there may be the presumption that a dismissal is uh, deemed uh, without having, without just cause. Um, so that is something that also has to be factored in when um, uh, an employer is um, approaching termination and of either a single individual or a group of individuals where there are certain groups of employees and how that will influence the timing uh, of the process and ultimately their business objectives, um, especially in the context of you know reorganizations and if there are other timings that have to be um, uh, considered. Um, how that can impact uh, the process and, and the timing to achieve certain business and operational goals. That makes sense. And actually, you've just touched on something uh, in your in your last answer that goes to this next question, which is um, uh, what role works councils or other employee representative bodies have mm -hmm. when employers are considering dismissing an employee? They, they can they can um, um, intervene. Uh, they they may be called to intervene where they exist um, in some instances. So where a works council exists um, um, in a, in an organisation in a company or a trade union um, uh, uh, um, representation is present um, in a certain um, company. Um, uh, these employee representation structures may be called into and have to be notified of um, uh, uh, a particular process that's going to begin and have a role in negotiation um, in a negotiation stage. So I'm thinking of, for instance, um, a, a collective dismissal, or they may be called in to issue an opinion um, under a disciplinary dismissal. Um, or more broadly, in some instances, they may be uh, there may be a duty of information or consultation regarding certain um, issues, uh, depending on their relevance and depending on what they are. So, so the labour code lists um, the instances where where this is uh, mandatory. Great. Um... And on to our final question of this um, this podcast. Um, so what practical steps should employers think about when they're trying to resolve termination disputes in Portugal? Um, so, for example, and I think you did touch on this earlier, uh, severance packages in return for waivers of claims under settlement agreements, mm -hmm. are they are they common um, in Portugal? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, they are. I'd say the practical step is, first of all, um, uh, just basically um, having the just being able to flag that um, it is a jurisdiction where um, termination um, is not immediate um, and because employment um, law and, and termination of employment is regulated uh, that procedure um, 
will have to be followed and it, termination overall has to be navigated with some caution. So if at all possible, um, when um, a company is considering uh, termination, um, it should think uh, it should do so with with um, time. <laughs> so prepare um, for the termination. Um, think about the number of employees that are impacted in the short term. Um, if it is a disciplinary issue, try and understand uh, if the disciplinary um, if there is an advantage in following a specific procedure or if it's easier. Um, to pursue or explore other termination rules, such as termination by agreement. And also, um, I, I think that those three variables that I mentioned, so the time, cost and risk, uh, um, the, the result, it, it will always depend, I think, on a case by case assessment. So it isn't a, uh, a scenario where um, for certain groups, you would necessarily always follow this route or and for certain other categories or for certain sectors, another route. Um, severance, um, severance packages and enhanced severance packages are, are very common because the termination, the, the unilateral termination rules um, are regulated. Um, companies uh, tend to prefer, and I think it's, it's, it's a common trend, to try and settle in the first instance. Um, and that will involve typically a negotiation. Um, and trying to understand what an employee would be entitled to under a unilateral scenario that would render the employee eligible to compensation and then building um, a severance package that is appealing to the employee and that will um, persuade the employee to, to, to accept um, termination comfortably. Um, so, so I think these, these are the, the two um, main um, main issues. There isn't any specific rule surrounding severance packages. Uh, I think, and also another practical step, or certainly a practical issue um, that, that is relevant, is thinking about um, culture. Um, and obviously company culture, but also um, national <laughs> culture and the way um, people approach termination, the way dialogue um, is, is, um, is handled, the way uh, termination is addressed um, um, because I think that in my experience that sometimes um, um, renders termination conversations more difficult um, where the the cultural idiosyncrasies um, aren't perhaps considered um, in the equation so I think these are the three issues that I would outline. Perfect. Thank you, Maria. Um, and please join us in the next podcast where we'll be covering other key employment law topics in Portugal.